1: It's an exciting day because I I like to call this New Beginning Sundays because we're launching a new series, as Nancy said in the announcements. And it's a four-week series featuring creative confidence, unleashing the creative potential within us all, written by two brothers, David and Tom Kelly. Now, the idea for writing this book came at a time of personal crisis for David and Tom. In April of 2007, David, the older brother, was diagnosed with throat cancer. And the diagnosis was a 40% chance of surviving the ordeal. And in the midst of this life-threatening challenge, the two brothers vowed to each other that if David survived, one of the things that they would do is work side by side together on a project that allowed them to share their ideas with each other and the world. And the collaborative project resulted in this book, Creative Confidence. Now, Tom and David triumphed over a crisis, and in the process, they cast out a whole new vision. And that vision is to help as many people as possible rediscover their creative potential. So, as we begin this exploration of creative confidence today, we'll be looking at three specific things. One, releasing the creativity myth. Two, moving from fear to courage to joy, that journey. And then the outpicturing of creative confidence in our world that exists today. So, let's start by the creativity myth. When we hear the word creativity, we may think, oh, that's only for the creatives, that's for the performing arts, that's for an artist, that's for a sculptor, that's for someone, a musician, certainly not me. Or we may think it's someone who's paid to think creatively, an architect, an interior designer, a graphic artist. And we may even think that it's a characteristic we're born with, and somehow we missed the creative gene. And that is a set of misconceptions that our authors call the creativity myth. And what they encourage us to do is to do something fun that they call flipping. And that is to be willing to give up the creativity myth, that set of misconceptions and embrace creative confidence, that innate gift that resides within. Now, we know, having had an up-close and personal encounter with science of mind, what the authors discovered in much of their consulting work, and that is that everyone is creative. And we know that in Science of Mind because our foundational principle is the principle of oneness, and that is that there is only one power, one presence, that is God, and that we are of it, and that our divine inheritance is the divine creative process, that the very process God uses to create all that is seen and unseen is exactly the same process that we inherited Thoughts become things. We take the seed of a thought, we plant it in the fertile medium of a soil, and it produces form or the plant. So when they looked at creative confidence, what they found was, yes, all of us are creative, and at the core is a set of beliefs in our own ability to create change in the world around us, and a conviction that you can achieve what you set out to do. So when they processed this belief system and looked at it and said, well, how do we help people shift from that? The phrase flipping was coined because it delighted David. And all he thought about was that Uh, We do somersaults on a trampoline or off a diving board. And the freedom of flipping an old, worn-out belief is much like turning a flip on a trampoline. Well, there are many examples, corporate examples, and examples from the D School at Stanford University in the book. However, I'm choosing to uh, share a homegrown example, one that happened right here at Portland Center for Spiritual Living. Last Sunday after the service, Dana Bowie approached me. And you could tell as she walked up, there was this excitement. Her entire presence was alive and animated. And she touched my hand and she said, Marilyn, I just have to tell you something. And she said, I came back from the woman's retreat and I told myself, I am going to paint. And she said, I told myself, just do it. And then she burst into this radiant smile and she said, I did. And she pulled out her phone and showing me a picture of this vibrant Beautiful piece of art, full of color, that is the exact expression of this vibrancy that was standing right in front of me. I I said, Well, what happened? And she said, I chose to quit thinking that my role is to support everyone else in their creative endeavors. I chose to believe I am the artist. Dana had a flipping experience. Now, notice I didn't say that she flipped her mind or I said, she had a flipping experience. She chose to believe something new. And that's how they define this, that when we have a flipping experience, we are changing from one state of mind to another. So what keeps the rest of us, or many of us, from embracing a flipping experience and releasing those worn-out misconceptions? Well, our authors say that the primary reason is fear of failure. And they also share that fear of failure has many, many faces. And I believe that many of us have encountered at least one of these faces before. One of them is fear of being judged. You don't need to raise your hand, but I know judge, harshest judge is myself. Fear of getting started and fear of the unknown. And so the journey from moving from fear to courage to that joy that was expressing in, through, and as Dana begins with one small step. It's the journey of allowing yourself to be a beginner. See, we don't start because we're afraid that we're not perfect. We're afraid it's not good enough. And so we just say, well, maybe someday when I get around to it, and then around to it never gets around. And so the most important thing is that we give ourselves permission to be a beginner. And research shows that when we accumulate a series of small successes, It overflows into every aspect of our life. Every area of our life is enriched. And not only does it enrich our life, it enriches everyone with whom we come come in contact. And so this bravery that Dana experienced has inspired my life, which I'm now sharing with you, which is on tape, which goes out to all the podcasts. Who knows how many people Will experience that kind of courage simply because one person chose to be a beginner. Well, there's another example that I'd like to share with you. Again, the book has numerous examples and they're really powerful. But this is someone I know who has also given me permission to share her story. She's a classmate. I met Lissa in Building Virtual Spiritual Community. It's a class that's required in ministerial school. And it's all about embracing the tools to be beyond a brick-and-mortar sanctuary. How can we serve and reach more and more people? And is building virtual spiritual community. One of the requirements of the course is a team project. Now, I don't know about any of you, but I'm not, and up until now, haven't been that excited about team projects. My experience has been some of us do the work and everybody gets the same grade. Well... There are five of us that came together on this particular project, and I have to say this is not that experience at all. This is a magnificent experience. We came together the very first time, and we started with a visioning process, and out of that visioning process came the name of our team, and that is Architects of Higher Consciousness. Yes. And we met a couple of times we had a perfect outline of what our project was going to be what our presentation was going to be for our class. We sort of had a little lull when we got around to distributing the workload. But just a slight one. Because Lissa stepped into the void. Before our next meeting, she sent out an email and said, Hey Tribets, because the book we picked is tribes, and so we're Tribets. Hey Tribets, check this out. This is my first ever PowerPoint. What do you think? Well, her ideas were fabulous, and we came to the to the next Zoom meeting, and I knew the instant all the pictures came up. We were going to discuss the PowerPoint first thing because there was so much enthusiasm. Lissa's face was radiant. The project has gone further than any of us could have imagined because Lissa stepped into that void and dared to be a beginner. Our PowerPoint has expanded beyond what we initially thought it could be. Well, on week five, our instructor, Dr. Christina Tillotson, sent out on Moodle, which is our, our program where we have to post all of our uh, input as classmates, and she said, please review your initial goals, where you think you are now, and what help do you need to get to where you want to go? Well, Alyssa shared an epiphany. She called it an epiphany, and I'm calling it Lissa's Creative Confidence Epiphany, because this is an edited version of what she sent. Guess what? I have attempted things I would never do. This goes in all areas of my life, too. I have attempted to do PowerPoint for my tribe members, and I can't believe what we have created. I am so excited doing things I have never, ever done. Are they fantastic? They are to me, but a pro view, maybe not. The truth is, I'm not worried in the least what others think. I am patting myself on the back and saying, nice try, kid. Keep it up. And then she speaks to all of us. All of you listen. What you do in one area, you will do in every area if you choose to look. This class made me attempt to try things I did not want to do. My goals now are that I try to do things I have not done in spite of my judgments and whatever I do, keep it up till I am really proficient at it, no matter how many times it takes. She's giving herself to permission to be a beginner. She's giving herself permission to keep at it. She's giving, herself to refine. She's giving herself permission to refine her skills. And so what about us? What can we do to allow ourselves that kind of creative confidence? Well, I'm going to share with you your at-home activity this week early. So you can think about whether you want to embrace this. And this comes from Lissa's epiphany. Pick one thing this week you have not done, but you've wanted to do, and do it. Keep at it in spite of any of your own personal judgments or any negative feedback you receive until you are proficient, no matter how long it takes. So this is your at-home activity if you choose to do it. Now, I'm going to share that Lissa inspired me. I've always said technology's not my bag, no way. But we had a desire to pay a musical tribute to our classmates at the end of our PowerPoint. I found the song, said, what do you think about this? Everybody thought it was great. And then it was like, well, how do we do that? So I came to Jim Bowie, and I said, do you think we could edit this? And he said, well, I'm not sure. But he said, bring me the music, and we'll see. Well, once Lissa had her epiphany, I sat down at the computer, and I said, there's got to be a way. Not only did I download an MP3 file. Now, many of you think, you know, they have continuous players. Well, this is my first MP3 file. Downloaded it, placed it into a PowerPoint presentation, edited it, and when I went to play this PowerPoint, it worked perfectly the exact number of seconds that we decided we wanted our musical tribute to be. So you see, when when we give ourselves permission to be creative and express that creative confidence, everyone around us jumps in. So then what does that mean for outpicturing creative confidence in our world today? One of the things the authors share is that people with creative confidence have a greater impact on the world around them. With creative confidence comes the desire to proactively guide the course of their life and their organization and the world around them. Well, this weekend I was in class for a day and a half with several of my with 20 of uh, my ministerial school colleagues. And one of our guest presenters, we had the privilege of hearing from Reverend Dr. Ken Gordon, the spiritual leader of Centers for Spiritual Living. Oh my gosh. All I can say is we are so blessed to have a leader so steeped in spiritual principle. One of the first things he shared with us is one of our strongest beliefs is that there's only one intelligence and we are all a part of it. So if we think of it, our very essence is rooted in this intelligence. So of course we have access to creativity. Of course we have access to infinite possibilities. Then we started talking about different issues that may come up in a center, that may be in our community. And is it ours to do? Isn't it ours to do? He said the one thing every issue warrants is an intention to solve it or serve it. He did not say, jump in and take action on everything. He said, the one thing is that it deserves an intention. And he said, when we set an intention, heaven and earth moves to bring it into reality. And our job is to be open to the manner in which it shows up. He kind of giggled at himself, and he said, I've been known to set an intention, and when that intention starts showing up, I go, oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> so our job is to accept what spirit is receiving. The next thing we talked about was vision. And one of the things that we were really talking about was we, the CSL vision, which is we envision a world that works for everyone. And there were lots of questions about that. So he shared with us kind of the definition and the meaning of this vision. He said, A vision is outside of our scope of how to make it happen. It's a belief outside of our current beliefs that it is true. And we just keep putting it out there. We keep casting the net. We keep casting the net. And he said, It's a symbol, it's a light. It's a vision we've laid out before us that will pull us into the activity and action that will bring it into fruition. He also stated, as long as I continue to put my focus towards it, it will expand. So that's our our job, is we set a powerful intention, create a big vision for our life, for our dreams, and we keep casting the net. Emma Curtis Hopkins calls it, hold steadfast to the truth. Reverend Dr. Ken Gordon says, keep casting the net. We don't look at the world of appearance. We hold steadfast to our vision. So in closing, I would like to share these words from Ernest Holmes, founder of Religious Science. I believe they provide reassurance and support for us to embrace our personal creative confidence, and go forward and express it in the world. He says, believe in a power. Believe this power is right where we are. Understand it is a power for good. Realize this power flows through us, operates in us, and that its instrument is in our mind. Begin right where you are, because there is no other place where we can begin. Let us pray. In this infinite possibility that is the truth, that is spirit, it's infinite intelligence, it is the one mind that creates from a divine creative pattern of perfection that gives freely of itself to itself, And I know that my life is of this perfection, that my life is deeply rooted in this infinite intelligence, in infinite possibility. And as I know this to be the truth of my life, I know it to be the truth of each person here today and throughout the world. So I claim and affirm, and I speak my word for and about each person here, that there is... An honest embrace of that inner possibility, that divine creative process, that power, that authentic power that is each of ours to create this world that works for everyone. There is a willingness to experience the flipping point, to give up the misconception that there is no creativity in our life, that personally, that possibility doesn't exist for us. And to free ourselves from the shackle of that and step in to the truth that each of us is divinely guided, each of us has a divine inheritance in which to create in the highest and best manner. And so I claim and affirm that there is this acceptance of this gift For God can only give to us that which we are willing to receive. And in this acceptance is this new, emerging creative confidence. And with that creative confidence goes the willingness to take the first step on the journey from fear to courage to joy. And as each of us takes that initial step, It inspires and uplifts everyone with whom we come in contact. This energy, this infinite possibility expresses right here, right now. And I am so grateful for this truth that God is all there is, that God is the divine creative process, that God is creating right here, right now, in, through, and as each person. And I also am so grateful that in spirit, there is no such thing as impossible. There's only I'm possible. It's two minor shifts. It's removing a lowercase I and adding an uppercase I. And it's adding an apostrophe between the uppercase I and the M. I'm possible. This is the truth of spirit. And so as we cast forth our new vision and we continue to cast that net, there is only I'm possible. And so I release my word into the activity and action of the law, knowing that each possibility we cast is already met with yes. And so with absolute conviction, together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today.